right, all right. Welcome in to the Rev and Bone Show presented by Against the Spread.blog. I'm your host, Rev, here with T-Bone. How are you doing tonight, T-Bone? Awesome, Rev. What's happening? Not much. You want to get into some small talk or some big talk? All big talk, baby. All big talk. That's the way we do things around <laughs> here. Starting off with, who's the most iconic number three? We're here in episode three talking about who's the most iconic number three. Uh, I'm going to go first this week. Uh, I think it's a very easy one. Um, we're talking about a guy that, uh, he is a guy this time. Uh, we're not getting too cute with it. He dominated the 1990s. Uh, he's the most iconic NASCAR driver I can ever think of keeping it simple. I think it's the intimidator. I think it's Dale Earnhardt. When you think of number three, you think of Dale Earnhardt, do it for Dale, raise hail, praise Dale. So, um, I'm going with Dale Earnhardt. Keeping the intimidator's got to be one of the best nicknames of all time in sports. I mean, what, what's better than the intimidator? It's, it's already creating that intimidation factor before he even gets onto the track. I, I love the nickname. I love the call. It's a good, it's a good one. Um, I had a few on my list um, that I, I wanted to just mention as honorable mentions before I get to my actual number three. Did you have anyone on your, on your honorable mention list or just straight Dale Earnhardt? Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. I think nothing more, nothing less. Um, I did have a couple of honorable mentions, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, just a little bit more about Dale Earnhardt. I mean, he was an absolute legend in the nineties, um, completely dominated, won multiple championships. Um, and then finally got his day Daytona win in, uh, 1998. He three years later went on to die at, at Daytona on the final lap. Yeah. It was, his, it was the last lap. Yeah. It was the last lap 2001. Uh, absolutely insane. Um, RIP to a legend or one out. He was trying to block for his son and his teammate. Um, ended up going straight into the wall. Um, so yeah, RIP to him. But yeah, I do have a couple of honorable mentions outside of him, but I'll let you go ahead and go first. Yeah, maybe I'll name some of mine. Let me know if you had them on your list as well. I had Alan Iverson, obviously. Ooh, good uh, there. uh Babe Ruth. Okay, so you didn't go. Wait, I think we have the same notebook. What? Look at that. The little Chicago flag field notes. Yeah. Yeah, I got that one too. Ain't that something? Real notes. <laughs> ain't that I'm, something? <laughs> ain't that something? I'm surprised you didn't uh, you didn't go with Babe Ruth. We have talked about this in the past via texting. Just who the most iconic number three is, and you were dead set on I Babe was. Ruth. I was dead set on Babe Ruth. I mean, he he was a legend, Yankees legend. But I, I've got another number three in mind. Um, you mentioned not getting cute with it this week. I got cute with it this week. So uh, I'll name some athletes that I had as number three. Uh, like I said, Iverson, the answer, Babe Ruth, uh, Earnhardt was on my list for sure. Uh, Dwayne Wade, Candace Parker made it onto my honorable mentions list. I, oh, I was that's nice. Some, some of her accolades and uh, Naperville's finest. Uh, she, Shout out to she, her. First, first woman to dunk in an NCAA game. Did you know that? Yeah, I think yeah. there was a there was an NCAA dunk contest I was watching, and she like did a she like covered her eyes and she oh, dunked Dee it. Brown, the Dee Brown, yeah. She was looking, but Hey, you know, shout out to her. She dunked <laughs> for sure. Uh, but my, my, my most iconic number three this week uh, for episode number three, uh, I've been listening to a ton of De La Soul since they released all of their catalogs to streaming services. So I'm going with three feet high and rising the seminal album from the trio um, De La Soul. Uh, one of the albums that, that got me into this, this genre of creative hip hop back when I was a teenager, um, Blog post on De La Soul Day up on the blog as well from our sponsor against the spread dot home dot blog. Dot blog I think dot it's home. just dot blog. Dot blog. Perfect. We're gonna upgrade that to dot com here eventually. 
yeah, peep the peep the blog post on De La Soul Day there. But I'm going with three feet high and rising for my most iconic number three. I can't tell if that's a good pick or a bad pick. I've never listened to it. Well, you have to you have to check it out. Let me know how I did on a pick. I'll have to <laughs> check it out and let you know if it's the most iconic number three. Um, hey, good pick, good pick. Hey, it's true to you. You know, you yeah, didn't. Heads know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I I think that's a good pick. My my only honorable mention was a three pointer. Shoot the three. The three pointer. But yeah, I mean Dale Earnhardt, the three pointer. Nobody else except for yours. Yeah, dudes weren't even shooting threes up up until twenty years ago. It was like it, a novelty. It was a mid range game. Now it's all now it's everything. It's it's nothing that you don't see anything but the three point shot. So yeah, it's a good call. Good call. There was a time a few years ago, and it might still be like this, but like mid-level college basketball, it's just impossible to watch because you got so many guys that are just chucking up threes. Um, it, it kind of ruined the game if you're not great at it. But right. <laughs> at the same time, you know, it, when you are great at it, it makes it a lot more fun. So Yeah, that's why Steph was able to revolutionize it so easily because he does shoot it so well, and it's such a great high percentage that bad shots for anybody else is a layup for him. So. He he yeah he he revolutionized that shot and three point shot was was uh definitely a, a solid pick for an honorable mention. All right, so we got De La Soul. What's the album called? Three feet high and rising. Three feet high and rising is your pick. My pick, Dale Earnhardt. Sound off in the comments. Who's the most iconic? Iconic number three. Uh, T Bone, what you drinking tonight? I am drinking Forbidden Roots. Snoochie Boochies, Brody Nucci. Whoa, Snoochie Booch. What you got? Another, okay. another double IPA, uh, double dry hop, uh, mosaic and citra hops. Um, Chicago's own Forbidden Root. We went there last night for Bree's birthday. Uh, had some dinner, had some drinks. Um, tried this one on tap there. Grabbed a four-pack on the way out. It is delicious. It's 8%. Uh, it's brewed right here in Chicago. And uh, cheers to you, Forbidden Root. So 8%, you're going to be a little loose by the end of this podcast. Yeah, follow along. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Bird of the Week is going to get wild. Speaking of what else we're talking about tonight, we're talking about uh, NFL. Uh, there's a lot of free agency action going on. We're talking about the NCAA tournament. Obviously, the brackets just got released. The first games, I think, are tonight, the first four. Right. Yeah, first four um, are happening already. Me yeah, personally, I don't, I don't count those games. I know. They're weak. But uh, I actually have a team that's uh, in the first four place tomorrow that I've got making a, a fairly significant run. So, okay, we'll get into that a little bit more. We'll we got uh, the first edition of Cruising, where we watch Tom Cruise Tom Cruise movie and talk about it. Uh, this week was Edge of Tomorrow. We got uh, new albums coming out this week, and uh, T Bone's going to give us a little bit of a recap of of uh, what he's liked this month. We got uh, the last segment of the week is Bird of the Week. Uh, it's a recurring segment now. This is the third time we're doing Bird of the Week. I'm personally really excited for it. So uh, let's uh, get into it. Um, before we do that, I am drinking ice cold, cold as the Rockies, Coors Light. Um, shout out to Colorado. It's a beautiful place. Went there this past summer, had a great time. Um, went to the Coors factory, got a tour of it. Um, again, great time, especially in the tasting room. So the tasting room, they give you three free drinks. Well, not free. It's ten dollars, but three drinks. Uh, it's the best three Coors Light. Three free ten dollars drinks, um, yeah. <laughs> and you're you're drinking on those. You're on an empty stomach because we went in the morning. Um, 
it was the best Coors Light I've ever had. And then they have the coolest gift shop. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a big time gift shop person. Um, and I went a little ham in there. I spent about a hundred bucks uh, on nice. various Coors Light merchandise. So love a good gift shop. Nothing beats a good gift shop. Exit through the gift shop is intentional. You know, that's, that's, that's how they get you. <laughs> so speak. So speaking of uh, Colorado, speaking of Denver specifically, uh, Denver Broncos, big movers and shakers in free agency this week. Did they they, wait, did they sign? Did they sign anybody like really monumentally big? I know that they, um, what I, every time I look, they, they sign somebody new, but is there anybody that's like really, well, they signed McGlinchley who uh, the bears were talked up to get, but uh, okay. Maybe that's a bad segue, but Anyways, who else has really caught your eyes in, in uh, NFL free agency? Well, shit, obviously the Bears. <laughs> the Bears have money to spend, and they're doing it. They came into this offseason with money to burn, and I think uh, so far Poles has spent it wisely, and it's not burning a hole in his pocket just yet. He's got some solid signings that, that's already, that have already come into, into play. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not just a homer at this point. I, I'm a legitimate – NFL uh, observer of what's happening. And he's, he's making moves to, to build a contender. So I, I love the, love the signings that he, he's come up with already. Uh, obviously they traded number one pick and got a, a beautiful haul. I think for that, I, I couldn't have imagined a better haul that they got for that pick. Um, but going out and signing um, Edmonds, signing Edwards, that's a, a, a really nice core linebacking group now with Sanborn in there. Um what we I thought need some help on the D line. They do like some legitimate help. We signed a guy from the Titans. Everything I've read about him is he's pretty mid middle of the road. Um, and we don't need middle of the road. We need some sort of game wrecker in there in order to keep, uh, keep uh, those offensive linemen, you know, on their heels a little bit. Yeah, definitely need a, a front seven to improve on last year's dead last in that, in that area. So I would venture to say that that's his, that's Paul's next move. I, I like the secondary. I love the linebacker core now. So that last that last step would be that the defensive line. I think that, that that's gonna be the next move. So I'm excited to see what he does there. Um, but yeah, I, I, you want to talk oh, trade? Bears trade? Well, yeah, we can talk that. I was just gonna say Darren Waller went to the Giants today for a third round pick. I thought that was very surprising. Um, he's been a, he's been a stud for them. The guy can go up and get any ball that he wants. I don't know yeah. what the Raiders are doing right now. Are they in a full-on rebuild? Seems that way. Yeah, I think Jacobs is the next guy out. Obviously, Carr is gone. Waller is going to be a giant. So those are their three core pieces on the offense. So I can't imagine they'd be looking to do anything but tank next year. <laughs> yeah, um, they're setting themselves up to be a, I don't know, five, six-win team. Um, I think that they still have enough talent. I mean, they still have Devontae Adams. They still have Hunter Renfro. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before Adams demands a trade, though, I, I would imagine at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, they should have got on board with that with the Chicago Bears, maybe sent him that way. But, hey, we're happy right. with DJ Moore. Offseason's not over yet. I'm I'm ecstatic about DJ Moore, and the guy has put up numbers in his first few years in the league. Um, multiple thousand-yard receiving seasons with with half a quarterback in Carolina. Um I had a I read a really interesting stat. He's one of only seven wide receivers in NFL history with 5,000 yards before turning the age of 26. Let me read you some of the names on that list of guys yeah. who have done the similar thing. Randy Moss, Mike Evans, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, 
Brandon Cooks and Amari Cooper. Those are pretty good, pretty good names. Pretty good company. Now, I, I went a little bit further on that and looked at coming into this year, he needs 800 yards to get to 6,000 before turning 26. There's only five guys on that list. It's Moss, Fitzgerald, Evans, Hopkins, Cooper, and Julio Jones. I like DJ Moore to cat, to grab 800 yards this year from Justin Fields and join that list as well. I like so that I'm too. Super excited about DJ Moore. Yeah, that's wow. That's uh, that's some good stats. I read a stat that uh, 5,200 yards in his first, uh, his first what was it? Five years? He said five years. Yeah. Yeah, that would make him the all-time Bears leading receiver. Easily. So hey, just do that in the next five <laughs> years, and we're good. Yeah, and I mean, we watched Justin Fields kind of in a coming out party last year. We celebrated Justin Fields Day. We had, you know, the the reassurance that he's the quarterback of the future now. They traded the number one pick. I like DJ Moore to have a gigantic year this year. I do too. There was so many games this year where Fields was just throwing the ball to guys that were open. It would hit their hands and they would drop Drop. it. And Drops, drops, drops. I'm sick of it. (laughs) And I think DJ Moore is going to come in here. Uh, Mooney's going to get a little bit more separation now that he's got somebody on the other side that's not, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, Byron Pringle, you know, somebody right. of that ilk. So I think that all good things are coming to the Bears offense. Sands, David Montgomery going to the going to the Lions. Yeah, he, he signed with the Lions today. Um, but I, I really like the ability now for the Bears to slide Mooney into a two or a three, Claypool into a two or a three and not have that pressure on them to be a number one because neither of them are truly a number one receiver dj Moore clearly is um so i think the dynamic of the offense is going to reflect that and i'm excited i'm super excited and optimistic yeah i'm super optimistic as well i do think that losing montgomery is going to hurt really bad unless we pick up some running back help um i really really like austin eckler i hope that they can find a way to get him out there or really any solid running back i like khalil herbert but I think that going into next season with him as your number one back is a mistake. I think he's a good change of pace. I think that he's good at, um, you know, finding the holes a little bit. Uh, he's got good breakaway speed, but he, he's not a number one back. He doesn't have the shiftiness um, that we really require in a number one back, especially when your offensive line is still a little suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked Herbert, and um, I agree with you with what you just said. I, the new NFL is, is a two-running back system, though, so the Bears need to go out and get somebody to replace Montgomery and, and someone who can put up numbers that Montgomery has put up in the past. So um, we wish Montgomery well. I, w- I would like to have wished him well anywhere else, but he's a division rival now, so he's our sworn enemy. Yeah, I'm really going to miss his, uh, his shiftiness. His jukes were just out of sight. Like it, He was going to break a single break at least one tackle every single time he got the ball. Um, yeah. He's a very fun player to watch. Unfortunately, he will no longer be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. No, n- never went down at first contact, and I, I, I never really understood why they were why they just let him go. But I'm not the GM, so apparently you don't re-sign running backs. That's what they always say. I don't it's know if not. I believe that. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, what's up with Saquon? Is he still available? They franchise tagged him. They did tag him. Okay, never mind that. Cut that. Cut yeah. that from. Yeah, we're cutting that. <laughs> Um, anybody else uh, catch your eye as far as free agency moves? 
Um, I mean, we, we, we're looking at some quarterbacks signing elsewhere with, uh, with Carr, New Orleans and number 12 looking to be wherever he's going to be, um, big time move for, for Darnold going. San Francisco. Yeah. Big time move for Darnold moving to San Francisco. Uh, is he your starter going into this next year? I think he might be because Trey Lance, he's kind of booty. <sighs> I think Trey Lance is the starter if he's healthy. They've invested a lot in him. He showed some flashes before he got hurt early on in the year last year, but um, I think it's more of an insurance move for them than anything else. I think I think uh, Lance is their starter. Purdy's probably their starter once he recovers, and Darnold's uh, competition for both, if 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 anything. Well, he's better than trade. Josh Johnson. You don't want to go into the playoffs, <laughs> right? Josh, Josh Johnson is your backup. Josh, I've played for half the entire football world's teams, Johnson. <laughs> Including all of the spinoff leagues, you know, out yeah, there in the AAF and the XFL. And Josh Johnson collecting a paycheck. Good for him. Excited to see where he ends up next year. Yeah, Triple J, Josh Journeyman Johnson. Nice. That's clever. Is that really his middle name? Yeah. That's incredible. It was destiny. <laughs> That's great. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I think the Jets this next year, if they don't, if they don't get a quarterback via trade, um, they're in trouble. Uh, Zach Wilson is not the guy. They have an entire roster built around them. Um, yeah, Mike White just signed somewhere. Uh, da da Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, he's two back. Dolphins making some moves. They they made a trade for Jalen Ramsey. I thought that was a solid little move for them. I think the it's Dolphins like, have a really good roster coming up. Uh, it's a matter of a wall. <laughs> who is staying healthy? That's the big thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. No matter but what moves they make on defense or other parts of the offense, all question marks are going to be on Tua and his health. So. Um, yeah, it's really unfortunate. I like I like watching Tua play, but unfortunately, he um, had some head injuries the past year. Uh, he got hurt really bad. It, it was his hip in college. Uh, yep. He just can't stay on the field. I know it's unfortunate. You know what I always say, the best ability is availability, and he hasn't hey. really been available. So Step get one. it together, Chua. Step one, get on the field. <laughs> so, okay, I don't have anything else for uh, NFL football. So let's move on to NCAA. What's going on right behind you right now? The first game is tipping time, off tonight. Baby. We're talking it's bracketology. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, it's commercial right now, but we've got Pitt and someone playing in the first four. Pitt is playing Mississippi State. Mississippi State, that's it. Yeah, a couple which a couple either, schools that nobody's really a fan of unless they went there. Right. And whoever they, they whoever wins goes on to play Iowa State, who I think beats either of those teams. So mm. Extra game for fun for them, I guess, you know. Mm, I have Iowa State winning that one. Yeah, Cyclone. No, 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 no I'm sorry. Shout out Marcus Pfizer. Marcus Pfizer? Oh, yeah. The former NBA player? Oh, yeah. Former Bull. Former Iowa State Cyclone. Is he playing there again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got the alumni. That's crazy. We got the alumni this year. Um, so we're talking NCAA tournaments. What do you see in the first round? Uh, the, the true first round round of 64, who, who's a big upset special? Who do you have circled on your bracket there? 
Um, so I'm looking at my bracket and I don't necessarily even consider this an upset. I just consider it more of a seeding discrepancy when it comes down to it. I'm looking in the South region at the seven ten matchup between Missouri and Iowa and Utah state. Uh, I love Utah state in this game. Um, they're coached by Ryan Odom, who you guys might remember, uh, the UMBC run when they beat Virginia as the 16 seed. The only team to do so. He was the coach of that team, and uh, it's got tournament pedigree. Utah State's playing lights out. I think I actually have them advancing even beyond that uh, first weekend of the tournament. And I love Utah State in that seven ten matchup. Let's go Aggies. Yeah, um, I like that pick. I actually have Utah State going on uh, and then losing to Arizona. Um, I like Charleston College of Charleston COC beating San Diego State. I think that San Diego State's not that solid this year um and they got the five seed that's a tough draw five twelve always interesting you don't want to pick every single 12 beating the five but i, I think i picked three out of the four um, it happens every year you get at least one so yeah somebody, actually one I, five I, seeds going down <laughs> did pick three out of the four the only one i didn't was duke we'll get more to more to them later i like montana state beating kansas state um no reason really i just do really uh, yep, 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 I do. Um, and, and my other upset special, I love Grand Canyon. I love Grand Canyon University over Gonzaga. They're currently a 15 point underdog. And, uh, that's just my, anything can happen in March special pick right there. Um, so ride with Grand Canyon. Um, I went there this past, this past, uh, spring and it was beautiful. Blew my mind. Grand Canyon University. Let's ride with them. Did you um, a basketball game while you were there. No, no, I didn't. I, I don't think the school no is that close. No one goes there to watch basketball. No one even knows they have a basketball team. It's beautiful to see. But I don't. I think I don't you're very wrong team. on that. Their their <laughs> uh, student section is like one of the liveliest in the country. It's uh, I read an article about it, and I might have saw a video about it, and okay. maybe that's the entire sure. reason why I'm picking this uh, this game for for them over Gonzaga. I'm not sure. I need that energy to beat Gonzaga. I like the pick. I don't think that Gonzaga loses in the first round. They're a perennial Sweet 16 team. I don't think they go any further than that, but I definitely have them beating Grand Canyon in the first round. What about round. this one? What about this one? Vermont over Marquette. Is that crazy? Man, I I, I wanted to pick Vermont. I, I, had, I almost went with it, but I think Marquette gets to the second round but loses to Michigan State. That's fair. I also I went through the same thing. Um, I, I had them so badly. <laughs> I had them wrote down and then I erased it. I'm like, come on, Kev, let's let's be smart here. Let's yeah, be smart. I'm looking at I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the rest of the 15 two matchups and I don't see a 15 seed advancing this year. Usually, you see one. Maybe UCLA gets upset. I don't, I don't know. UCLA is strong, even with with their best defender going out. I still think UCLA has enough depth. And enough experience in the tournament to to get at least into the. I actually have going to the final four. Who are you excited about in your elite eight? Who's who's going to jump off the page at you? I am really excited about Houston, um, but I my my excitement pick. I have two. One in the South region. I've got Utah State going to the elite eight. This guy's nuts. And, and I'm taking Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers to also advance to the Elite Eight. So like those are that. my two. Those are my two crazy upset specials in the Elite Eight. <laughs> um, I uh, I went a little crazy. We talked about this a couple weeks ago 
where I thought that there could be, you know, three or four Texas teams in the elite eight. Yeah. Uh, and I did it. I put you four Texas teams in the elite eight. We got Baylor, we got TCU, <laughs> Texas, and Houston. Um, I think it's just so I can call that back. Um, I love it, but we'll see what happens. I mean, anything could happen. Houston, Texas. I think that that's not a bad pick. I think that TCU, there are a couple of scrap dogs down there. I could see yeah. them playing Kansas tough. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. I have them in the final four. Um, and then my yeah. other rounding out the elite eight, we got uh, Bama, Duke and Marquette. That's where I'm saying. So Bama, Bama, Duke, Marquette, Houston, Texas, TCU, Baylor. Okay, I've got Bama, Utah State, Memphis, Kentucky, UCLA, Kansas, Texas, Houston. That doesn't sound crazy. Final four. I was getting in trouble with Houston, these things. Memphis, UCLA. I was getting trouble with these things because I I go a little bit too upset crazy. Yeah, I just can't help myself. There are going to be some, but when you're looking at the point structure of these, these brackets, typically you get more of the points as you get deeper into the tournament. Right. So the first round, you can go a little upset crazy, but once you start getting down to the nitty gritty, you want to make sure you're picking the teams that legitimately have a shot to get deep into the tournament. So yeah, that's fair. Who's are, your final we, four? are we wagering? Oh, my final four, Alabama, Houston, Memphis, UCLA. That's fair. We got one out of the four. Uh, I got mm-hmm. Alabama, Texas, Duke, TCU. TCU hey, with the it. upset. Um, and then my, fi- my finals are Alabama versus Texas with Alabama winning. So you've got a – I've got a one – I've got two ones, a two, and an eight seed in the final four. I got one, two, five, six. One, two, five, six. It's are we not wagering? a winning combo. Are we adding to our wager – this will be our third annual March Madness Bracket Buster Spectacular Extravaganza. Of course. We first year wager was a jersey. Second year wager was a jersey plus a steak. Third year wager, jersey plus a steak plus a what? I don't know. I, I didn't think about this. You're presenting this to me live. You're <laughs> putting me on the spot. spot. <laughs> um, I don't know. We can't do something like to run in the mill i mean especially when we're, when we're announcing it like this what, right. what what are you thinking what are you thinking tune in next week to find out what our wager ended up being we got like three weeks to figure this out april 3rd is when the championship is so yeah we'll figure something out tune in next week to figure it out speaking of i believe that you owe up on a wager for the conference tournament picks uh, i absolutely oh dominated you in that yeah, I went, I, think, I went, I went cuckoo on that. I don't know what I was thinking. My conference picks were ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I had eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 to, I think, seven, 13 to seven. Um, I beat you. So, what's, what was the way? Really? Wow. Well, I gave myself credit for the ones that I didn't look into at all that you announced afterwards that they were already in. Oh, okay. Fair, fair. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, if you take those out, then it's probably like 13 to 11. I still, still won. Okay. If, if those were the deciding factor, I'd be challenging that. I'd be throwing the red challenge flag. But if you hey, want to support their cowboy. All right. Um, so what was the wager? Uh, I open mic. Yeah, you got to do a five minute open mic. All right. I'll do a five minute open mic next week. Then we'll work that in. because We got a lot to cover this week. So I'll prepare a five minute open mic for next week. Okay. And then you have to have uh, somebody record it. 
we'll insert it at the end of next week's episode. Okay. Hey, that's easy enough. You're very willing to do this. It's like you lost on purpose. I told you last week I'm going to lose on purpose. I want the open mic. That's fair. <laughs> I like winning. You like losing yeah. on purpose. Here we are. Everyone's yeah. happy. But losing on purpose feels like winning almost. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready win. for Are you ready for the first edition of Cruising? Oh yeah, let's go. All right, we got Cruising, where we watch a Tom Cruise movie. We talk about it. Uh, a lot of times, it's going to be a movie that we haven't seen before. This first week was Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, came out in the 2010s, I want to say. It felt like it. 2014, I believe it was. Pretty good special effects. Not to get too far into it yet, but uh, Edge of Tomorrow was was the pick this week. Um, there's 46 Tom Cruise movies that we have to go through. So this might take a while, but this is the first edition of Cruising. Cruising. Edge of tomorrow. What'd you think, T Bone? Cruise. Uh, I'm excited to go cruising. I gotta say, first and foremost. But um, I sat down with this movie and really had no idea what it was about. I had never seen it before. I watched it uh, this past Thursday night, late night viewing session, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an excellent movie. Um, some action-packed shit, just front to back, beginning to end. I thought it was just- awesome. It was excellent. Yeah, it was, it was incre- incredibly engaging and kept my attention the entire way through. Um, I had no idea that it was going to be such a time travel um, piece like that. Right. So such I, a unique storyline. Yeah, like, I, thought, I thought it was cool. It was kind of like Memento meets Groundhog Day meets Russian Doll meets The Matrix meets like meets Donnie Darko. Throw that Donnie in there. Donnie Darko was, yeah, yeah. With some, with just some military like science fictiony zombie uh, apocalypse yeah it was i thought it was well a, a well-rounded flick and little love uh, interest there with emily blunt yeah and she's looking with, steamy as all hell yeah i think it ended perfectly too not to spoil anything for anybody i'm sure a lot of people have seen it already but i thought it ended perfectly like how many times can you really say like this movie that the movie ended perfectly or this series ended just perfect i thought the ending was kind of a perfect little bow on the on the present that that was edge of tomorrow absolutely i completely agree love the movie why haven't i heard about it why why doesn't anybody talk about this movie i have no idea i didn't hear about it until we introduced the segment of cruising then you picked the movie i was like what okay sure i thought it was a new movie i looked at it oh 2014 okay um yeah uh leah told me about it we were we were scrolling through hbo and she was like oh have you seen edge of tomorrow i'm like who the hell has seen edge of tomorrow that's a shitty tom cruise movie (laughs) and it turns out it's awesome it was a great movie i loved it love the time travel stuff uh i do have a question about that okay so i did it also actually i wanted to bring up i wonder if it's the same thing he dies every single time what happens to the rest of the world does okay so emily blunt kills him over and over and over do it does every single emily blunt that killed him just keep going in this life that gets taken over by aliens well, that was the thing is that she had been through the same process that he went through. Same with that doctor that she met that, that they were talking with about the whole plan and everything. So she, she had gone through that. So she knew that there was a new, like, uh, initiate, uh, person getting initiated into the, the same kind of thing. So as with any time travel movie, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, like, 
okay, well, that's, that's the time that they live in. Like they go back in time, all those people that, that lived or died, they're, they're right back in the same exact moment. So it's a reset they button. They, yeah, exactly. It's a reset button. They, didn't, they don't die repeatedly. The only person that dies repeatedly is, is Tom Cruise. Okay, so like the lights just go out for them and then yeah. they're back to where they were. Exactly. I like that reality a lot better than the just, she's willingly killing him knowing that, all right, well, I'm going to go die now. Well, there was a moment, and that, that brings up my question about the time, the time, um, I guess the time-space continuum that existed in the movie is that when she says, meet me here, when she blows herself up at one point in the movie. Yeah. And that's the Tom Cruise. She says, hey, meet me back here or come find me. She says, come find me. Yeah. When you wake up. If she did that, she would still be living in his, his time-space continuum because everything else leading up to that point had been repeated. He had memorized like everything everybody was going to say, you know? Yeah. But that, that line that she gave him was kind of like a glitch in that because she was like, come find me when you die. When no one else in that space had said anything out, 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 of, out of script, I guess, so to speak. Well, nobody else knows what he's going through. I know. She does. If, I know, but if she dies the same way that everyone else dies in his reality, that would be the end of it. So that loops me into my second question. Uh, at the end, when they were like, all right, the blue mouth ones, I think they're called alphas. We talked about it before the show. We don't know if they're really called that, but the mimics with the blue mouth called the alphas. Why he got this special power in the first place was because he killed it and it sprayed his blood on him. And in the end of the movie, they were like, oh, don't kill that because then it resets. Yeah, you just couldn't do it. I don't know. I don't remember exactly why they couldn't kill it at the end. But wouldn't killing one then just give the power to somebody else? Because Tom Cruise lost the power. He got his blood taken. Well, so I don't think that. I don't think that anyone else had gotten that far into the process. That's why he was able to, in essence, save the world because he got further than anybody else had gotten. No one else had gotten to that point yet. Not but even wouldn't it just be a good insurance policy to have somebody kill one and then, okay, <laughs> I know that that guy, he's going to keep coming back. Right. So well, I think that's why, that's why um, uh, Warner Brothers probably warned the director. They said, hey, don't make a time travel movie because it, makes, it raises too many questions. And he was like, but the whole premise of the movie is time travel. So he wanted to go forward with it. Um, Doug Lyman, Doug Lehman, whatever. Is that true? Group. Did they tell him that? Yeah. They said, don't make a time travel movie. He's like, but I wrote the time travel. That's how it works. That's how this movie That's works. The entire movie. Warner Brothers, you want me to make, write a whole different movie? Yeah, I can do that, but this one. I wouldn't done. say it raises questions. <laughs> I mean, it does raise questions, but it raises great discussions because I'm not mad about any of these points. I'm just like, I don't really get it, but I'm pretty stupid. So I think that's the beautiful thing about any time travel movie is that it creates a world where almost anything can happen because you're you're dealing with time travel, which doesn't necessarily exist in reality. So it it, it definitely brings great discussion and some questions about the movie, but. Ultimately, it, it creates a whole new a whole new world that I, I was whisked away to, you know, in Edge of Tomorrow. So, yeah, <laughs> that was cool. I, I think I think um, you do have to suspend disbelief a lot. That's something that I have a hard time with. That's why I can't watch fantasy movies, things like that, is because I'm just like, all right, well, that doesn't exist. So I don't. But when it's based in reality, I have a harder time suspending disbelief. But I was able to for this movie. I really enjoyed it. I do have questions, but that's probably because I'm a little stupid but I loved the movie. Yeah, me too. 
And it wasn't, isn't that a, is that a throwback to your Modest Mouse, the willful suspension of disbelief? Wasn't that a Modest Mouse song? Maybe that's not a throwback to them, but <laughs> good callback to something I never said. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I said it, uh, edit in a, a Azure Tomorrow joke there. Where'd you go, T-Bone? I'm here. I'm just researching something real quick. Yeah, well, okay. it's a Modest Mouse song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's good. What album is that from? Um, Come on, buddy. There's a lot of dead air. Um, While you're looking for this, while you're looking for this, I do want to tell you guys that um, we are going to pick the next cruising movie. So please watch along with us uh, and we're going to watch it over the course of this week. And we're going to come back and talk about it again. I hope it's good as good as Edge of Tomorrow. Are you ready to pick the next movie? I'm ready. My audio. Oh, there we go. My audio got a little messed up. Everywhere in his nasty parlor tricks. That's the album. What is it? Everywhere in his nasty parlor tricks. That Like the brown orangish yellow one i'm not sure i've ever heard that which is oh. very surprising wow all right give me a number one through three no three one through five. episode three obviously okay one two and the next episode of cruising we are watching interview with a vampire the vampire oh, chronicles wow Classic i've never adaptation of ann rice's novel I've never seen this movie, um, which goes for most movies on this list. I think I've seen maybe three of his movies. Uh, I've never seen this one. I don't have high hopes. I think I saw it when I was like 12 or 13 years old. Okay. I, I don't really remember it much. Uh, that's about that's around the time it came out. So it's, that shows my age. Um, but they just revamped it. I, think, I feel like they just put out a series or a new movie of Interview with the Vampire. They revampired it. <laughs> nice. That's funny. I think you're thinking of True Blood. <laughs> no, Interview with the Vampire. I'm pretty sure there's a new one out. You might be right. Uh, that might be one of those Netflix remakes that has all new people in it that you click on thinking that it's the Tom Cruise one. And you're like, that's not. Yeah, exactly. You... No. Wait a minute. So. Wait a minute. Where's where are the heartthrobs at? Where are the heartthrobs at? Where all right. Where the um... <laughs> <laughs> where's Tommy? So we got we got interview with a vampire on next week's cruising. I can't right. say that I'm excited to watch this one, but it's on the list. We're doing this for you guys. We're doing this for us. Uh, next week's cruising. Tune in to watch to listen to us talk about interview with a vampire. And we leave your comments more. in the comment section. We guys thought of Edge of Tomorrow because I know there's a bunch of you out there watching along with us for cruising. So make sure you give us uh, your comments on what you thought of the movie too. And if you haven't checked it out, we didn't really spoil it. No. I don't think. No. I mean, you could probably no. read the back of the DVD case and figure out what we told you. Right. So exactly. we didn't spoil it. So watch the movie. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. By the way, uh, I forgot to mention this uh, before, but be sure to check out our blog, um, against the spread blog. Uh, <laughs> our buddy. Nice, nice. I realized we got through the NCAA segment and we didn't talk about it. Oh, shit, that's right. Fuck. All right, I'm going to 
cut one in here. All right, be sure to check out our blog at againstthespread.blog. Myself and T-Bone, we like to blog on there about uh, a bunch of stuff. I, I write mostly about Supercross. Uh, T-Bone writes about music. He writes about uh, sports. He talks about Chicago sports, anywhere, anything from, um, I don't know, he's coming out with a, a college basketball blog. And we do actually have a new blog posted today uh, by our buddy Will. Be sure to check that out on, out on the page. We're really looking forward to having him on uh, in, a, in a future episode here coming up soon. Um, really like that dude. He's a really funny writer. Check him out. Uh, and hopefully our buddy and man can, uh, post something up here soon. Uh, looking forward to that as well. He's a very funny guy. Uh, obviously we're pretty funny guys as well. Um, so check out against this blog, uh, spread that blog. Go. That's a pretty good plug. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. They pay the bills. You know, you got to give them a mention. They pay the bills for us. So yeah, they keep the lights on in this place. <laughs> So speaking of a new movie we just watched with Edge of Tomorrow, uh, T-Bone, what have you been listening to this month? What have you been liking? Let's hear it. So, yeah, new music this month. Obviously, I mentioned De La Soul earlier in our number three segment. I've listened to a ton of them, just catching up on old times with them. So I've been definitely diving back into their discography, which is iconic and legendary and timeless. So definitely gonna gonna write something up for them just for the month of march but as far as new albums go for new artists i really really like the caliuchas album red moon and, and venus um excellent kind of experimental r&b um sago self-titled album's really great uh slow tie ugly was solid um haken uh progressive sort of metal band called fauna which is which is super good um fever ray uh, Radical Romantics is is, is a journey. It's a, it's a super fun experience, front to back. It's my front runner right now for March. Um, former member of the Knife, um, her her duo project that she's got. Um, she's got an awesome awesome album. Fever Ray Radical Romantics is great. Uh, also like the Frankie Rose album called Love Is Projection. Really mellow, sort of like dreamy, um, lo-fi pop-ish sort of tunes. And then uh, if you're looking for something a little bit different, Periphery, uh, Gent is not a genre, uh, some prog metal, um, high energy uh, front to back on that one as well. Uh, but my front runner right now for March is that Fever Ray record, Radical Romantics. So definitely going to write that about all these albums, rank my top 12 as I have done for the first two months of the year. I'll have March's special uh, edition, March Madness for March coming later this month. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've never heard of Fever Ray before. They remind me of Sugar Ray, uh, probably in name alone. In name alone, you'll if you're going into it expecting Sugar Ray, prepare to be disappointed. Okay, <laughs> I'm prepared. Uh, okay. Looking forward to that. We'd mentioned it last week. What do you think of the new Manchester, and what do you think of the new Miley Cyrus? Uh, so the new Manchester, I, I realized it was an EP, shorter than expected. Um, I gave it a, gave it a spin, and that probably would be the only spin I give it for the rest of the month. Honestly, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't super overwhelmed by. It. I wasn't underwhelmed by it. I was whelmed. Yeah, I completely agree on that. <laughs> um, they they've gotten to this point in their career where they just make like electronic music. It's soft, has a bunch of harmonies, a bunch of electronic uh, like ambient sort of noises. Um, it's uh, big crescendos throughout. And that's just what they make. It's not what I like that for them to make, but they're there. They made the last three albums like that. Hey, you guys do what you do. It's not for yeah. me. It's for other people, not for me. So 
Sure. Fair enough. Um, and then the new Miley Cyrus album, I gave a gave a spin. Um, again, not 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 great, not terrible, just kind of middle of the road pop music. Um, she's got her brand, and I think that she executes her brand well. You know, she does she does her thing. Will I revisit that album? Probably not, but it was it was okay. It was just okay. Yeah, I've heard a few songs on it. Um... I didn't have any high hopes going into it and I don't have any um, high praise coming out of it. So it was there from what I heard. It's, it's fine. If, if you like it, Hey, I'm not going to make fun of you for it. I don't like it. And that's where I sit with that. So um, again, be sure to check out T-Bone's blogs on against the spread dot blog. He uh, comes out with a lot of, a lot of music blogs. Um, They're always very in depth. They're always very fun. So check those out. Um, anything else about music? No. All right. It's our last segment of the week. It's my favorite segment. It's a recurring segment. It is Bird of the Week. There's a bird in the sky. Look at him fly. Why? 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 We're flying. We're flying with Bird of the Week. So Who's your bird week, of the week? Yeah, last week I got a little vulgar with it, and this week I'm gonna get super wholesome with it. Uh, my bird of the week is a bird that was discovered only in 1966. Um, been around, been been enriching lives of millions, mostly young children, but adults alike. Um, Where are you going with this? Sort of the originator of diversity and inclusion back on Sesame Street. I'm talking about Big Bird, man. Bird, Bird of Big the Week. Bird. I went as Big Bird this past Halloween. We did a group costume with Sesame Street characters. I was Big Bird. I'm sure you'll throw up a graphic of that photo that you got. Of course. And um, Big Bird, it, it doesn't get more iconic than Big Bird, man. Big Bird, he had a big cameo in the Muppet movie where he was hitchhiking. Yeah. Uh, love Big Bird. Uh, yeah. Big Who Bird. doesn't love Big Bird? Guy or girl? Neither, man. Non-binary. I believe that's androgynous. Androgynous, non-binary bird. Big Bird. Good for Big Bird. You know, like you said, the king of progression or queen of progression or royalty of progression. The royalty. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Big Bird, great pick. Thank you. So your pick last week was The Bird, mm-hmm. flipping people off. This mm-hmm. week it's Big Bird. Yep. Love the progression there. Love the uh, – you, you're a new man. Reborn. I like it. You saw the error in your ways. The bird and, renaissance, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So what do you uh, got? My, my bird of the week. Uh, it's got a bit of a story to it. I went to Vegas this past weekend. My first time really experiencing Vegas. Went with Leah's family. Uh, stayed at the Golden Nugget. Uh, I wrote down a bunch of notes for this because I want to hit all the points. So here we go. Uh, we did a little gambling. Um, we did a lot of gambling for most of the weekend. I played a little pie gal. Lost a bunch of money at that. Played a little craps. Lost a bunch of money at that. Uh, played some blackjack. Lost a bunch of money really quickly at that. Uh, and then ended up playing uh, roulette with uh, my roulette boy, Jacob. Uh, he's more of an inside boy. I'm more of an outsider. Uh, That's my roulette. Loved it. I was I was winning like crazy, like you couldn't believe. And uh, it was 
amazing. And then it very quickly was not amazing when I abandoned my strategy um, and just decided to keep doubling down on red, which turns out it doesn't always have to hit, even if, um, even if it hasn't come up in a while. So um, ended up losing. Okay. Kind of big on that. Anyways, point being, um, I guess not point being reel it back in. Um, I, I couldn't sleep last night because I had a new strategy on roulette that I thought of. Um, and it, it sounded so foolproof. I was so mad at myself last night thinking about how I just didn't think about how well this would work. So I downloaded an app, um, for roulette and I tried it out. It turns out it does not work. It's, uh, it seemed so it's like, okay, so I I break even on every single one. That's not the case. The foolproof Um, plans always sound so foolproof in your head until they're put into action. And then you're just like, well, it was foolproof in my head. Yeah, Why, I thought that I had an eighty-four percent chance, eighty-four percent chance of at least breaking even. Nope, that's not what happens there. Rough. No, you have a eighty-four percent chance of losing something, and <laughs> about like a ten percent chance of like winning. Okay, so long story short, um, roulette still very fun. Uh, what else did we do? We went and saw uh, my personal hero, probably the coolest man alive, David Blaine. He has a uh, Vegas residency. It was an awesome show. He proceeded to uh, start the show off by jumping nine stories from the top of the theater into uh, this nice little bed of boxes, Uh, then uh, dislocated his shoulder. He called a bunch of doctors from the crowd onto the stage to try and put his shoulder back into place. We didn't know if it was part of the show or not. We figured out after about half hour that it was definitely not part of the show. Um, yeah, but the show was did... national news. That was that was national news, man. You really? I was surprised that you heard about it. It was everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it it was it was very fun. Um, that part of it wasn't that fun when he was just trying to get it back into place. But the rest of the show was amazing. Uh, he ended on this this card trick that still is blowing my mind. Um, I'll tell you about that if you if you let me talk about it offline. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore you guys with the details on that. Uh, getting back to bird of the week. Uh, he called two people on stage uh, with money in their pocket and he took a hundred dollar bill from them. He ripped off a corner and gave it to them. Right. And he said, Oh, okay. So hold this bill, hold this hundred dollar bill, lit it on fire, burned the whole thing. Right. It burned. It went to this little cup. He put some water in that cup. He drank it. He drank the ashes. Unbelievable. Right. He made it disappear. He was like, I'm going to make it reappear. Okay. Just keep watching the cup. He looks to the side of the stage and he says, Ca-caw! out flies this crow with the hundred dollar bill, same serial number and everything. And he's like, Oh, see, that's it. And he like, he matched it up with the piece that was in, in the people's hands. And then he's like, Oh yeah, I'm just, he topped it off by like licking it and putting it all back together. What just happened? I don't know. But that crow, that crow that's is crazy. my bird of the week. That's a solid pick, man. That's a strong, that's a strong performance and a strong pick. I, you didn't see the crow at any point. How did and then it? it just comes out with the hundred dollar bill. He didn't leave the stage. How did the hundred dollar bill get over there? Right. How exactly? I've been thinking about this and did he like David Blaine, even if he took like two hundred dollar bills out of there, it doesn't matter. How would it have gotten to the side of the stage? <laughs> right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> that crow, that crow's got some magic. That crow is my bird of the week. 
that is solid. That is solid, man. Those, those illusions are, are something else. You know, a trick is something a, a four turns for money. Those are illusions. <laughs> That's a good reference. Do you hear that they took that all off of Netflix? Arrested Development? All of, uh, everything? Yeah, it's their show. Oh, wow. Like even the seasons that they made. What are they doing huh. with it? Uh, making you want it more, I guess. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think it's kind of just past its time. So you, I don't I don't get that one. Interesting. Interesting. I don't have a segue after that. What else you got, T-Bone? Man, that was, Bird of the week. was a great show. I think it's one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, so for those who know, who have already seen it, maybe Netflix removed it so that those fans can, you know, live forever in perpetuity to, to carry on the references on their own. Yeah, there's still a subreddit that's still active posting. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I just sure. blew myself like every yeah. day. <laughs> guys, there's other shows out there, guys. Like, yeah, I but it know. might work for us. That's a funny one. <laughs> or when him and maybe are singing Afternoon Delight. Uh, when, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he realizes halfway through that he's singing it with his knees. Oh shit! We're singing about sex, and we're <laughs> we're father and son, or father and daughter. Hey. Whoops. Father and uncle, niece. uncle and niece. Uncle and niece. Uncle and uncle and niece. Uncle and niece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got there. We got there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a very good segue to end this show, uh, except for let's do a recap. Recap uh the most iconic number three. You had the De La Soul album called Three Feet High and Rising. Three Feet High and Rising. I had Dale Earnhardt, Raise Hale, Praise Dale, number three. The Intimidator. Um, we talked a little NFL. We talked a little NCAA tournament. Uh, be sure to check out our blogs, specifically Will's blog that he just posted today on Against the Spread blog. Uh, we talked. Uh, we talked new music albums. We had our first edition of Cruising. Check out Edge of Tomorrow because it's awesome, amazing yeah. movie. Check it out. Yeah. And then we had Bird of the Week. I'd say overall this is a pretty good show, T Bone. Excellent show. Excellent show. Don't forget about and, beer uh, of the week also. Snoochie Boochie, Brody Noochie. <laughs> Shouts out to Coors, Coors Light. Cold as the Rockies. Um, we are going to try and do another episode this week. We're going to try and pump them out more often. Uh, give the people what they want. Give the people what they're screaming for, what they're clamoring for. So be sure to check us out with the next episode, episode number four. Might throw some mini episodes, maybe episode 4.5, the most iconic number 4.5. That might be a little difficult, but we'll still work on it. Uh, mm. We're going to work on it for you guys. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Always. See you next time. We're done. He's out.